preaching, but it's a good thing. Um, Ephesians 5 is, the, uh, uh, is our, our passage, uh, verses 15 to 17. Um, actually, the task was, the task was from verses 15 to 20. Uh, but I don't know if you, I know you'd noticed last week. I, I ran through at the end, I ran through some verses, and I thought sometimes we don't, we don't do the, the word of God justice, right? To just run right through and, and not, uh, not give the whole counsel of God. Amen? So I, I thought we're going we're gonna to shorten it and we're going to give, uh, we're gonna, especially, especially verse, verse 18, so important. Uh, the filling of the Spirit, which it, it's, a, it's a theme in itself. It's a theme in, in itself, right? So we're not going to go, we're not going to flash that. Uh, by that quick. So we are going to, uh, we, we're going to stay in verses 15, 15 to 17. And again, this is the practical section. This is the practical section of the book. Uh, and as we've been seeing uh, throughout the whole book, it's been some, some amazing truths we've been seeing, right? Some amazing truths. And with no doubt, it's going to be the same today. Amen. So let's look at the, uh, let's read our text. So we have it in mind and, and, uh, as we go through. Amen. Verses 15 to, 20, uh, 15 to 17. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm jumping into 18. That's it. Right there. 17. I've been reading the whole all the way to 20, but uh, no, 17 is where we're going where, where to land at. Um, there was a song that came out a few years ago, a little while back, a song. And the title of the song was, This is a Man's World. It's a man's world. Anybody? Anybody heard? <laughs> it's a man's, it's, it's an old song, but it's a man's world, right? Um, but I think that it's more like, this, it's a fool's world. It's a fool's world. And we could talk about a lot of the stuff that they talk about today, about uh, uh, the patriarchy and this is the man's world. It's, it's, mm, we're not going to go there, right? That that's another sermon. But I would tell you that it, it is a fool's world. It is a fool's world. We live, we live in a world that is full of fools, foolishness. It's a matter of fact. Everyone that is born into this world, everyone that is born into this world comes with, a, with a, a, a terminal, a terminal state of foolishness. It's inherited in everyone being a fool. And that is known as the sin nature. It is known as the sin nature. Proverbs 22:15 says, foolishness or folly in some, in some versions, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. See that? Man is born a fool. Man is born a fool. Now, when we give a definition of, the, uh, of, of a fool, a fool, what a fool is, we could say, uh, uh, we could say someone that's irresponsible, someone who, who's ignorant uh, to reality, someone who, uh, who doesn't know reality or who's ignorant to it, uh, who has no knowledge or, or, or truth. And in the more common words, we could say someone who's a moron, or even more, someone who is stupid. That's what normally the, the words they come out, right? 
someone who's a moron or, so, a moron or someone who is stupid. And that would be the general definition of a fool. But the Bible defines a fool just a little bit different, just a little bit different. It gives them a different, a different definition. The, Bi the Bible defines a fool as one who exists apart from God, exists apart from God. And a wise man defines it too. A, man, a wise man is one who lives in accordance with God's divine principles. One that lives in accordance to God's divine principles. That's the biblical definition for both the wise and the unwise. And I want to give you some characteristics, not a lot. I found a lot of characteristics, characteristics of, a, of a fool, but I'm just going to give you some. I'm just going to give you some so I could give you a, a, a picture of what a fool is. <clears throat> and to that, we're going to go to the book of Proverbs. The Proverbs, if you do an exhaustive uh, uh, um, study of, of foolishness and a, fool, a man being a fool, you could go to Proverbs all the way through. The 30, 30, 31 chapters talks about the foolishness of man. But we are going to start with, with a psalm, with a, with a text from Psalm, because it, from right there, it, just, it starts from right there. Psalm 14.1 says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's the beginning of foolishness. The fool, say, fool says in his heart, there is no God. And this text gives us a basic definition of a fool. Basic definition of a fool. And we could see that the essential uh, disease, if you, the essential disease, if you will, of, of foolishness is a rejection of God. They reject God. Now, it might not be so overt, right? So overt or outward thing that they, that they do, uh, or rather they don't say it. They don't speak it. They don't say it. Uh, <clears throat> they don't say it, but that is the way they live. That is the way they live. They live, they live their lives that way, like there is no God. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you why. The verse, same verse in, in Psalm um, 14.1 tells you, <clears throat> they are corrupt, they, are, they do abominable deeds. In other words, whether they say it in their hearts or they don't say it, they live their lives that way. And the result is, they do corrupt things and abominable things. So, the first characteristic of a fool is that he lives a life that is, with, with, for its purposes, right, denies God, rejects God. And that's why they say there is no, there is no God. They're an anti-God way of living. And that's the way they live. They cannot, know, uh, they cannot know the things of God. They don't want to know the things of God. In fact, to a fool, according to 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, foolishness, folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You see that? So you see the fool, uh, to a fool, foolishness is wisdom. Foolishness is wisdom, and wisdom is foolishness. And that is the first characteristic of a fool, that he, he, he practically denies, denies God. Uh, in other words, God, God, God has no restraining, no restraining force on him. The law of God does not bind the conscience of a fool. He lives apart from God, and, and it's better for him that way. Why is it better for him that way? He doesn't have to give account to anything. 
no responsibility at all. They don't want accountability. They don't want evaluation for their behavior. They don't want punishment. And they don't want condemnation. So the easiest thing for, for him to say, there is no God. You know, there are actually no atheists. There are no atheists. That is that's foolishness. Foolishness, that's what it is, right? Because Romans tell us that the, 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 law of, the law of God is written in our hearts. Everyone. Everyone. And that's why it tells us, too, that there's no excuse for them. There's no such thing as an atheist. Everyone believes. Everyone worships to something. And they do, too. But it's easier for them to say there is no God because they don't have to give account of their lives. And they live their lives any way they want. <clears throat> so it's, 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 it's a conveniently they deny God. The second characteristic of a fool is that, is that since he, dis, he, he, he denies God, he will inevitably, inevitably substitute the true God for a false God. And most likely, in all cases, he becomes his own God. He becomes his own God. He tends to make himself into an own, oh, 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 his own God, right? He becomes his own God. Proverbs 12, 15 tells us the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. You see that? And so he, he becomes, he's the one who becomes or determines truth and error. He becomes the one who dictates, who dictates what is right or wrong. He becomes his own authority for everything, everything that he does, for all the things he believes. He becomes the authority. So he denies God and he sets himself as, as his own God. And again, inevitably, inevitably, since the corruption comes, he mocks sin. He mocks sin. Proverbs 14.9 14, tells us, <clears throat> fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright, re upright enjoy acceptance. In other words, they, they mock. They mock sin. So you see, he makes his own rules. He justifies his own behavior. And he wants to make sure he will be okay at the end. There is no condemnation. There is no consequences to, to, to that. So he eliminates, he eliminates sin with all its consequences. Then on top of that, furthermore, the fool cannot help but to spread his foolishness. He cannot help to, to spread his foolishness. And don't we see that? Don't we see that today? There's a lot of foolishness going on, and they propagate this, this foolishness. Uh, the, more, the more he is convinced of his own wisdom, of his own foolishness, uh, he will always seek to propagate that foolishness. And you know the thing, the interesting thing about this? That no matter his level of education, uh, some of, the, some of the, the, the smartest, the geniuses, all the, doesn't matter what kind of achievement, achievement or talent or wealth or reputation. The natural man will spit out, will spout out his foolishness. Proverbs 15.2 tells us that. The mouths of fools spout foolishness. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly, pour out foolishness. So the effects of all of that, what we just say, they propagate it. They propagate, they propagate the foolish. The, their foolishness. And so this is the picture of a fool. You see that? This is the picture of the fool. Because he denies God practically. Because he becomes his own God. Uh, uh, he mocks sin. He lives, according, uh, he lives his life according to his own uh, uh, opinion. 
and he contaminates the rest, the rest of society. He contaminates all the ones who fall under his influence with this, with his foolishness, which will eventually damn his own soul and all of those who fall into that influence of his, of his foolishness. <clears throat> now, wisdom, wisdom, and this is, this is the beauty. Here comes the beauty of, of this. And again, we could make a whole study about wisdom because there is so much to say about that, right? Um, but wisdom begins with what? Amen. Wisdom begins with the fear of God. Proverbs 1 7 says, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But hear what the fool, what the fool does on the next line. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And the only power, that's why I'm saying we are so blessed. The only power that can overcome a man's foolishness. The only power and turn him into a wise man and turn him into, in, 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 for him to be, to be wise is salvation. Salvation, turning, turning to God, turning to God uh, through Christ, turning from self to God, from his foolishness to the gospel. Amen? And it is God's, it is God's own word that is able to give us that wisdom that leads, that leads to salvation. 2 Timothy 3.15 says that. The fear of the Lord is, no. 2 Timothy 3.15 <clears throat> Got it? Well, let's read it. They don't, I must have not given that one, but that's okay. We have our Bible here. 2 Timothy 3.15. We have to read this. Everything that we, we want to talk about, we want to, we, we want to say what the Word of God says. Amen. I think we all know this. Uh, and how from childhood you learn, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. You see that? That's what salvation does. Salvation makes us, makes us wise, makes us wise people. Amen? Wisdom is found in the, in the knowledge of the word of God. Beautiful, which is the truth, right? Which is the truth, and it brings salvation to us. So summing it up, the only thing that could cause a person to stop, to stop being or ceasing of being, being a fool is becoming wise. And becoming wise is salvation. And that's why I keep saying we are so privileged to know him because we are the wise. We are the wise. We are not the fools. We are the wise. When you became a Christian, you became wise. Just as you became, as becoming a Christian, that led us to walk the worthy walk. You remember the worthy walk? Remember the worthy walk? We are able, because we are wise, we are able to walk humbly, to walk in unity, to walk in love, to walk in light and not in darkness, to walk different than the world. And it would also lead us to walk in wisdom, to walk in wisdom. Now, when we talk about wisdom, wisdom is not just head knowledge. A lot of people have head knowledge. 
It's not head knowledge. We, according to what the Greek, uh, they grabbed wisdom, but it was an intellectual thing. It was a head thing. That's why there were so, much, so, so many philosophers. But for the Hebrew, for the Hebrew mind, it was different. They never just, it, it was just never head knowledge. When, when wisdom was conceived for the, for the Hebrew, it, was, it meant behavior, the way he lived, uh, conduct. It was, it, it was a, a living principle. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about uh, how we live. How we live, not how we think. And it's not, not head knowledge, but how we think. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so, I want you to, uh, 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 we're going to look at our passage, and we're going uh, to see three things out of this passage. Um, three things that comes out of this passage, what it teaches us. Uh, the, wise, the wise believer, one, the wise believer knows his, his life principles. One. Two, the, limited, uh, the wise believer knows he, he has limited privileges. And three, the wise believer knows his, Lord, his Lord's purposes. In other words, he knows, one, he knows what, he, what the rules are for his life, what God has uh, uh, laid out for him. He knows, second, he knows, has a, he knows he has a, a limited time to fulfill that. And three, he knows specifically what, what God wants him to do. You get that? And that's where we're going to go. So we got to look at the, we're going to look at the first one first. The believer knows his life principles. What God has laid out for him. Verse, says, uh, verse 5 says, now, here in this version that I have, in this version that we have here, it says, um, let me go back. In verse 15, we read, look carefully then. But in another, I like other versions because it says, therefore. And we love that therefore, right? We love those therefores. They're very important, those therefores. So we're going to say it as therefore. He says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Now, we, we, we talked about this before. What, did the, what does the word therefore does? It takes us back into the antecedent verse, right? Into the, into the verse before that. <clears throat> and so that... That therefore be uh, is this. It takes us back to verse 14. And you remember what verse 14 says, right? Verse 14 says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was the, do you remember what we said at the end? That was the invitation Paul was giving, right? And it was a salvation invitation. See, and so the point here is that you've been saved, and that's what Paul has said is, is been saying. You've been saved. You are the ones where Christ is shining on you and through you. You got to be different. You got to be different. Therefore, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. You are walking in the light. You're not walking in the darkness anymore. You're no longer participating in the unfruitful deeds of, of darkness. And in verse 11, uh, what we saw last week, we don't do those things that are disgraceful, so disgraceful that we don't, even, that we don't even want to mention them. We don't want to speak about them. You're light now. Therefore, be careful how you walk. 
And that word, be careful, those two little words are, are, are interesting. They give us a more clear picture of how we should walk. <clears throat> Acrobus in, 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 in the Greek. And, has, and it has the basic meaning of accurate and exact. And has the idea of looking, examining, investigating something with great care. You see that? You see that? So it's not just, just be careful. We always say, oh, just be careful, you know? No, this is look out. Look out. And that look out is with an exclamation point. Watch where you're going. Watch where you're going. <clears throat> Amen? And so he says, watch your steps. Examine your steps carefully. How you walk. Because you've been transformed. You're not like the world anymore. You're not like the war, war, world anymore. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says this. Is there? <clears throat> for the grace of God has appeared, bringing you salvation for all people. Amen? Amen? And next, training us to renounce ungodliness and unworldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in the present age. You see that? That's how we are to walk. That's how we are to walk. That's living wisely. Now, as believers, we walk uh, through, this, uh, through this world, but we walk through a spiritual minefield, don't we? This is a spiritual minefield. I hope you know that. As we come to chapter 6, we're going to see the warfare, the warfare of the believer. And, and I'm asking you this question, do you know that you're walking through a minefield? You know why? If you go to those places that are in war, how do they know that they're in war? The bombs are dropping. The bombs are dropping. And they're walking, but since they're used to the bombs being dropped, they're being careful where, they're, being careful where they walk. They're always being careful. Because they know they are at war. But you know the problem with us? We're not at war. Now I'm giving you in the literal. In the literal, right? But we are in the biggest war of our lives. This is a spiritual war. And sometimes the believer doesn't even know he's fighting that battle. He's fighting that war. So that's why I'm saying here, right? Be alert. Believers walk. They're walking through a spiritual minefield in this world. And we are to be alert to every Satan's attack. He's attacking. We saw, we saw last week, right? There's some crazy things happening out there. They, sometimes they come into the church. And we've got to be aware of that. We've got to be aware of that. Amen? <clears throat> But we are blessed. We are blessed uh, uh, because we are the wise, right? We are the wise. So we got to walk wisely. We got to walk wisely. And we are the blessed because in chapter 1, what's, chapter, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, un, uh, lavished upon us, in all wisdom and insight. Wisdom. He gave us wisdom. This is what happened at the moment of salvation. We became wise. And, and when, we, when, we, when, when we were saved, we were introduced. We were introduced to wisdom. 
verses 17 and 18 of the same chapter, uh, chapter 1. That the God of our, this is a prayer of Paul, that the God of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the, and the knowledge of him. You know what Paul was saying here? I'm hoping, I'm praying that you will respond to the work of the Holy Spirit in your spirit so that you can live in wisdom that is yours. Wisdom that is ours by the work of Christ in us. You see that? We're blessed. We are the wise. We are, we are the wise man. <clears throat> and not only that, it's beautiful what, we have, what the Christian possesses. Uh, we have the presence of Christ in our lives. We have the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit in his power. And we were talking about, uh, I don't know who I was talking to. I was talking to someone. Uh, We're always talking about here in this war thing that happened in this earth, the missiles and warheads and all of this, how powerful they are. Do you know what is the most powerful thing in this world? What is the most powerful thing in this world? It's the Holy Spirit. And you know the beauty of that? That we all possess it. We have the most powerful thing in this world. And it is the Holy Spirit. The presence of Christ in us. And not only that, but we have his word which guides us, which leads us. So we are blessed. Listen to what Colossians 1, 9 to 4. And and it's a long passage, but we have to read it because it's a beautiful passage. Colossians uh, uh, 1, uh, 9 to 14, it says, And so, from the day we heard that... From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience and joy. That's a truckload of promises for us there. A truckload. <clears throat> God has given us spiritual wisdom so that we can walk worthy that, that, that walk and we could please him. The Lord, uh, he, he's, he's given us that, that, that uh, wisdom, that power so we can bear fruit. Uh, that we could be strengthened in power in his might so that we can obtain steadfastness, patience, and experience joy. Isn't that beautiful? Joy and, and, and thankfulness, being, being grateful. So you see, all of that comes from wisdom. All of that comes from wisdom. And it was, avail- it, it was available and it, it, it was made available to us through the Spirit and through the work of Christ, of what he, done for, what he did for us. And through the Word. It's all there. We have it all. We have it all. And the point with all of that, brothers and sisters, is that we have no excuse. We have no excuse. As Christians, we tend to make a lot of excuses, but this, but that. We have no excuse. We have every, every thing available to us. Amen. And so we are to, 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 to be wise, uh, right? <clears throat> and we are the wise of the world. The world thinks, the world, you notice the world thinks we are the fools, right? 
Every time we, we talk about what the Word of God says, and, and they're, they're always calling us fools. We are the fools. But they are wrong. They are the fools, and we are the wise. And that is the truth. We are the wise. Amen? As Christians, we, 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 we are the ones who, who our eyes have been opened to, to the truth. Our eyes have been opened to the truth. We know, we know the reality of all of this. And that's why Paul tells us we should walk constantly in that wisdom, being careful how we walk, being careful how we live. Amen? Now, unfortunately, again, we live in a fallen world, and we're not always going to be walking wisely. Again, we have no excuse, but there, we, 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 we tend to play the fool sometimes, right? That's another song. You guys remember that? Everybody plays the fool sometimes. Yes, we do. We do play the fool. As Christians, sometimes we have no excuse, but we do. We do play a fool. Christians play a fool this way <clears throat> by not believing God. We believe in God. We believe in God for salvation. We believe in him for salvation, right? But sometimes we don't continue to believe in his word and everything and everything else he says. We are like, the, like, like those two disciples walking to the, in the road of, of uh, um, Emmaus, right? Luke 20, 24, 25. Remember what happens there? The, the, the Christ appears to them. Christ appears to them and he tells them what happened. Now they were moaning and groaning because the Lord had, had died. Their master had died. Right? And they were, just, they were just groaning and moaning. And as the Lord appears to them, what does he say to them? <clears throat> what did he say to them? Uh, all foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. They just didn't believe. And isn't that the way it is with us at times? We don't believe the book. You hear people sometimes say this. Well, I know that the Bible says this, but I know that the Word of God says this, but I, I just don't know. Why don't we know? We just don't believe the book. We just don't believe the Word of God. Amen? <clears throat> and that's how sometimes we play the fool. Another, another way believers play a fool is, is when, they, when they put their hearts on the wrong things. 1 Timothy 6, 9. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many, many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You see that? When we desire the wrong things, we play the fool. We play the fool. And I could tell you there's many ways that we, the, 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 the believer plays the fool, but we could just say this to, to not to extend ourselves so much. We play the fool by disbelief, by disobedience, desiring the wrong things, and doing the wrong things. We tend to play the fool that way. But Paul is telling us we are to walk wisely. Right? We are to walk in wisdom. And we have no excuse. We have no excuse. Again, we have Christ in us. Colossians 2.3 tells us that, right? That in him, watch this, this is beautiful. In him, all the, <clears throat> all the treasures of wisdom are hidden in him. 
wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him, right? In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's beautiful. And then in verse 10 says that we are complete in Christ. We are complete in Christ. And we have, and he, we have his word, 2 Timothy 3.16. We read it already, right? So we have everything as, uh, to our disposal. And that's why I keep saying we have no excuse. We also have the Holy Spirit residing in us. John, 1 John 2.20 tells us that we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we all, we all have that knowledge. And I think in that verse is that we says we don't, we don't need anyone to teach us anything because we have the Holy Spirit. Because we are wise. Because we are the wisdom. <clears throat> and so, wisdom is living by divine, by divine life principles. What has laid out for us. <clears throat> and again, I, 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 we, we keep saying this. It's not easy. It's not easy. Right? Because we live in a, false, in, in a fool's world. It's not easy. But... Again, we have no excuse. We are the wise, and we are to walk carefully. We are to walk carefully. Uh, second point. Not only are we to be aware of, the, of God's uh, divine principles, but we also have the lim limited privileges. Now, what, what does that mean? Verse 16 says what? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. So you see... There are limitations to our privileges. There are limitations to our privilege because we, we have just a limited time to walk that wise walk, right? We don't have, we don't have much time. Like I've I, I told you this before. I, I remember just the other day walking with my daughter when she was a year old. She's 40 years old now, and time has just like, Right? We don't have much time. We don't have much time. So we need to be wise with the time. We don't have another time either. All we have is now and that is it. And if we lose that moment, we'll never have it back. If we lose that moment, we'll never have it back. Redeeming the time. He's talking about here opportunity. He's talking about opportunity here. The word he uses for time is not chronos. Chronos is uh, uh, ours. Hours, minutes, calendar time. He uses a different word. He uses kairos. And kairos means eras, epochs, fixed seasons, or opportunities. Or opportunities. Those opportunities we could grasp for the glory of God. To do something good. To do something for his glory. Those are the opportunities. Now notice how Paul says, walk wisely, and then immediately, verse 15, immediately he tells us about redeeming the time, redeeming opportunity in verse 16. And you know why he connects those two? Because I think man plays the fool with time and opportunity more than anything that he could, he could play a fool with. You get that? Opportunity and time. <clears throat> Opportunity in time. And this is the biggest category of foolishness, the misuse of time. Misuse of time and opportunity. Uh, and, and this is for us, brothers and sisters. This is for us. Um, we get so bogged down in our own things. Uh, much, much. We'll talk about that. Just uh, Psalm 90, 12 tells us this. 
I'm getting ahead of myself. Psalm 9, uh, 12 tells us this. So, Lord, teach us to number our days. Why? That we may apply our hearts to wisdom. You see that? It is wisdom that numbers our days. It is wisdom. It is wisdom that accounts the limited time. It is wisdom that buys the opportunity. It is wisdom that walks the narrow path. And when he sees uh, an opportunity for sin, he closes the door. He shuns it. Because that's the, that's the fool's behavior. That is the fool's behavior. <clears throat> so... Uh, the wise man sees an opportunity for good, and he grabs it, because that's the opportunity for God. You get that? And even more important, he tells us, we should grab those opportunities because of what he says next, because the days are evil. The days are evil. These are evil days. We saw that last week, right? And man, we could talk about those, what evil that is going on, right? It, it, it's just crazy. <clears throat> And if we're going to make anything out of an evil day, we're going, to, we're going to have to buy opportunity and be wise. Amen? So it's like this. <clears throat> you know that the days we live in are, are full of evil. And this is what Paul, Paul is telling us. The opportunities for righteousness, for goodness are few. So in the midst of an evil day and an evil world... <clears throat> When we, when we have those opportunities to do something for the glory of God, grab it. Take that opportunity. Use that opportunity for the glory of God in the, in the midst of an evil day. Listen, these days are evil, and God gives us those opportunities to make things happen. To make things happen that matter, to, fill up the, to, 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 to at least fill up a, 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 an hour an hour, a day, something, something, something to do good, something to bring glory to, to, to God, something righteous that we may bring glory to God. Amen? We should. <clears throat> so when he gives us the, those opportunities to do something for, the, for his namesake, for the glory of God, we should take those opportunities, do something with them, and do it with all of our strength, with all of our heart. Amen? With all that we have. And this is another thought. We, Brother Bob was bringing it up this morning. Probably Paul was thinking specifically about the, 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 the times they were living in because they were corrupt times. They were debauched times. There was a debauched society, right, in Ephesus. The Christians there were, were surrounded by, with uh, paganism, they were infiltrated with false teaching, right? Uh, and they were propagating the lies. People uh, at that time, they were, they were characterized with lasciviousness. We saw that last week, right? And, and beyond chapter 9, uh, 4, 419 tells us that. By greediness, dishonesty, immorality, the, the way they talk, all of that was in that day, right? It was a day of evil in that day. All of that was happening. But also... Not only that, but Paul had something in mind too. Persecution was coming. Persecution was coming. And it was coming fast. 
not too many years after that, after uh, Paul wrote this, not too many years after that, they were given, they were throwing uh, uh, Christians into the uh, into the lions. They were they were burning them. They were doing all kinds of uh, heinous things to them, and and and, and uh, uh, it was coming. Persecution was coming. And whatever they were going to do, they, need, they needed to do it now because there was no other time. There was no other time to do it. And I'll tell you something. Uh, not only that, it was just a few, day, few years later after that that the Apostle John wrote the, the, the church uh, to Ephesus. Remember when he wrote that in, in uh, Revelation chapter 2? What did, what did he say? What did he say? If you don't change this, and they, they have, they have uh, left their first love, right? And he said, and if you don't change this, the candlestick will go out. The candlestick will be removed. The light will be going out forever. And you know what happened, right? You know what happened? It didn't change and the light went out. Their time was, their time was shorter than what they, they thought because of those evil days. And we don't want that to happen to us, Right? You know, there's many churches that are full today. There's many mega churches, many mega churches that are full. But the light has gone out. The candlestick has been removed. There's nothing happening there anymore. There's nothing happening, and it's because of that. All of this stuff, the evil has seeped in. The evil, the corruption has gone inside there. And just as the church of uh, Ephesus, it went out of existence, that's the danger that those churches have, right? The days were evil, and they fell prey to the time they lived in. <clears throat> and the truth is that there was no sense of urgency. There was no sense of urgency. And bringing it to, to, our, to our time here, right? To our days, we don't know what's going to happen in our country. We don't know what's going to happen, what's happening in this world, right? We see how our country goes, is, is, is moving, and what direction is it's spiraling down, down, very fast, very fast. And sometimes the hope that the people have is in what? The next president, the next politician, the next this, and that's where their hope is in. Is there hope in that? There is no hope in that. The only hope that this country has is the gospel. Nothing else. Christ is the only hope for a sinful society. Christ is the only hope. And, but we don't know what's going to happen, right? It's so evil out there. It's so evil out there, right? Uh, some people are saying, I, I've heard some, some Christians say there might be some persecution coming for us. Maybe, maybe, right? But that just may uh, bring us to the place where we should be at. You know what happened during the persecution with the Christians, right? They, were, they got more on fire for the Lord. The more they were persecuted, the church was growing. The church was growing. The church was growing. And maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what we need. We don't know <clears throat> what the evil days are going to bring. But another thing. Another thing, maybe the most evil day of all is the day in which everything is so easy for us and so comfortable. Maybe that's it. Maybe that is the evil day. You know why? 
because we don't realize it. We don't know. We are so comfortable. We are so comfortable where we are. We, we have so much. We have so much and we are so comfortable that we lose. We lose what our priorities are. We lose our priorities simply because we're, we're, we're comfortable. We have everything. The refrigerator is full, right? Do you know that you go to these to this countries where there's persecution? Uh, I, I was reading about the church in uh, um, uh, Russia one time. Uh, they have no, they have no uh, money for doctors. Doctors are uh, scarce over there. So you know what they do? They go to church and pray. They go to church and pray. They rely on God. And that's what happens when you have nothing, right? You have no food. What do you do? Get on your knees. Please, Lord. I don't know what's, what, what are my children going to eat. We get, on, we get on our knees. But when the refrigerator is full, when we have medicine for everything, when we could go to the hospital and they take care of us for everything, when we have the best insurance, mm, God, nah. Do you see that? And that might be the most evil day of all, that we are so comfortable, that we are so secure in the mighty dollar. But we can't be that way. We got to be wise. Amen. With all of that, we could get involved in our, so involved in our own things that we just don't see the evil days, right? We get sucked so much into this system that we don't understand the urgency, the urgency, the times. We don't see them. We don't see them. <clears throat> and the truth is that it's not getting any better. It's not going to get any better. Second Timothy 3, uh, 3.13, that it says that evil men grow uh, worse and worse by the day. Uh, Romans, 1, Roman, Romans 1 tells us that they invent new, new sins. And we see that, don't we? We could clearly see that. That they invent more sins. They are allowed. And if they don't invent them, they allow them, they propagate them, right? And then they force them. <laughs> they force them on us. That sinful thing. Right? And it's And it's happening. It's happening. And, see, and so we see, we see uh, the world is darker. Each day it's darker and darker and more perverse. And we must redeem the time. We must make, redeeming the time is making the most of that time. Redeeming, uh, <clears throat> that, that, you know what that word means, right? To buy up something. And he used to buy slaves so you could free them, right? Uh, that was the, the, the word redeem. It's a beautiful word. But it means to buy up for yourself. That's a beautiful thought. It's not saying hoard up time for yourself, right? It's not saying that. It's saying buy up, buy up, buy up all the time that, that you have so you, could be, so you could devote it to the Lord. You could devote it to the Lord. <clears throat> Use it up in the way that can give God, God glory. Every day, every day God gives us an opportunity, opportunity to do righteous things. And to shun sin, to close the door at sin. Every day there's an opportunity. A golden jewel I put here. That God places in front of us. That we can grab for his glory. Amen. That's a beautiful thought. 
They're giving me the time. I told my wife, she's giving me the time. But I'm not looking that way. Some people, and, and, and this is the application to us. This is the application to us. Some people are always going to pray. Some people are always going to study the Bible. Some people are always going to witness. Some people, they're always going to read the, 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 the Word of God. They're going to study. They just never get to it. They just never get to it. And the biggest fool in this world is one who wastes that time, who spends of opportunity. Amen? That's so important to us, brothers and sisters, so important to us. Galatians 6.10 says, As we have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. We have the opportunity. We are to grab it. We are to grab it. In a personal time, in a personal, our, our personal time, rather, not in a personal, our personal time. Uh, you've been telling the Lord you're going to get, you've been, you're going to go spend time with Him, right? For a long time we, we say that. Do we do it? Do we just let opportunity after opportunity go by and we don't do anything? We, we don't redeem the time to give the Lord that time. What have we done? What, are, what, are, what, what have we given? What are the times that, 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 that we give God, right, in ministry? The, those spiritual gifts. We always talk about this because God has given us to everyone. There is no one in here that could say, I, I don't have anything. No. We all have something. But again, we always say, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Or, or, or there are times that we just say, oh, I, I would love to do this. Oh, I would like to do this. But we're always waiting for that, that, that specific or, or the right time. And the opportunity is there. We just don't grab those opportunities that the Lord is giving us. And it's God that gives us those opportunities that we should be grabbing. For his glory. <clears throat> Two minutes. Romans 13, 11 to 14 says this. Besides this, you know that the time, that the, that the hour has come for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than we, were first, than we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies or drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. You see that? In other words, wake up and smell the coffee. No, wake up. We don't have time. We have limited time. Yes, smell the coffee. We have limited time here. And we should make use of that time for God's glory. <clears throat> and you know, the true thing is, that as we see all of these things that are happening, our Lord is nearer than what we think. Our Lord is nearer than, than what we think. Uh, we should be. We sh I was reading about, and I got, I'll finish with this. We, we'll do the rest some other time. God willing. 
God willing, we go through Ephesians again. I got I, I to vote for that. <clears throat> we got to come back to this. So many special truths for this, for us to grow. Amen. But I was reading about, about, about a missionary. I was reading about, about a missionary that he went to Africa when uh, uh, Idi Amin uh, was coming into power. But there were, um, <clears throat> the, the church was growing. The church was growing. The church was, was growing and, and it was happening. And what they thought that when Idi Amin would come into power, it was going to be better. But then they started noticing that this missionary started noticing that people started disappearing. And people started dying. And they didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what was happening. So what, what, that one day when, when this missionary goes and visits one of his dear friends that was a Christian with, with him, he finds, a, he finds a, a little boy, a little 12-year-old boy with his hands reached out like this. He, was, he had been traumatized and he had been left, been left like that for two days without moving. And as the missionary walked into the room, he saw tongues, he saw eyeballs, and he saw this, this is what this kid has seen. And they had dismembered the whole family, and they were scattered all over the place. It was coming. So as the, as the, as the, the congregation came about, they were, they were coming, and they said they were praying the whole night. You could not get people into the. Uh, you could not get people into the church. They were left outside praying the whole night, and then from there they would go out to witness. You know why? Because there was a sense of urgency. We don't know if tomorrow is going to come. We don't know what tomorrow brings. So it's now that we need to do it. So they would wake up and go spread the gospel. And as the wife of the preacher, of, of, of the missionary, as they came back, as they came back, and they were doing something, watch this, they were doing something, and he told her husband, the missionary, tomorrow we're going to bring our kids, and they started crying, because for two years, they have not said the word, tomorrow. For two years, they have not spoken the word tomorrow. You know why? Because they didn't know if they were going to live the next day. Urgency. Urgency. We should be living with urgency. Making our time useful for the Lord. I always say this. A thousand years from now, our portfolio is now going to matter the properties whatever we have in here our accomplishments will not matter the only thing that would matter is what we did for the lord that's what's going to be spoken of urgency brothers and sisters urgency we are to walk wisely make use of our time wisely Let's bow our heads. Thank you. Oh, blessed Father. As the psalmist would say, help us to number our days.
that we may know that we've been allotted a certain time to us. And we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. But that we make you that we may make use of this time for your glory. Help us to live every day of our lives, every minute of our lives for your glory and not for us. Bring conviction to our hearts. And let us stop saying, I'm going to do this. I want to do this. But help us to just do it. To preach your word. There's a world to be saved. There's a church to build. And our time is short. Please help us, Lord. Please help us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.